100% overall from the field, but he was also 50% from three. He was 5 of 10. I know you're out there. It's okay. Stand back there. <laughs> no, more than likely, you're going to get that number one seed. And so I want him to be ranked in number one in eight. Tried to get it. Shed for the win. Got it. Jamal Shed plays the hero again. We had to play that clip one more time coming off the heels of what a victory for the number one Houston Cougars. Among ranked in the country. The Cougars come away with an 87 to 85 victory over the Oklahoma Sooners and a homecoming for Kelvin Sampson, Kellen Sampson, Quanis White, Hollis Price, Lawrence Sampson, all the Sampsons. And what a crazy way to put a capper to that Saturday night showdown. And what was the clip you just saw there? Jamal Shedd hitting the game winner. And uh, uh, couldn't have been a much more fitting way that represents Houston. Really, that represented this game off an offensive rebound. Jamal Shedd hit the basket. And the rest is history. Joining me for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs, Dayon Dunlap. How are you doing, sir? Man, what a game. I'm pumped. That was a great game. Gutty win, hard fought win, toughest teams win, man. And they they gutted it out, overcame adversity. They got the dub on the big shot. Toughest team wins. And in a game where it seemed like in that second half, going into halftime, it just seemed like it was just the bad news bears for Houston. Everything that yeah. could go wrong kept popping up. Obviously, right before the game, Chris Baldwin of Paper City Magazine, he tweeted out, um, have yet to hear from Kelvin Sands, but he tweeted out that he had been told that Joseph Tugler, JoJo Tugler, likely could be out for the season. Then uh, that just adds on to the news from last week, Ramon Walker out for the season. And obviously, of course, going back to December with Terrence Arsenal, who suffered the Achilles injury, that would make three players that are out for the season. Then this game against Oklahoma began, and Javier Francis fought trouble over the course of the entire game. And Cedric Lott was already going to get minutes in the first half. Francis's fought trouble accelerated. Then Jawan Roberts had to go into the locker room right before halftime. And according to Joseph Duarte, the Houston Chronicle had to get seven stitches put on his hand. And somehow, some way, the Houston Cougars battled back and they found a way to win. Jamal Shedd had the big shot, but there were plenty of moments before that. Malik Wilson's big block that kept the game at a four-point advantage for Houston. Emmanuel Sharp, who hit a big three late down the stretch for the Cougars. So many, so many things that you can pinpoint. And absolutely, like you said, Dayon, toughest team wins in Houston. I don't know how they keep doing it. That shows their mental fortitude in this game against Oklahoma. Joe Mendes says it best. Culture win. Definitely a culture win. And it was a total team win. I mean, just to start the game. Jaywan Roberts got the Houston off such a good start. He was off to such a good start. Eventually, he demanded a double team, and so he got off to a good start. And then um, we, you mentioned all the first they overcame just to be in the game. And then to start the game, Jaywan got, like I mentioned, he got off to a good start. Then LJ starting to make some shots, and the bench players, I mean, they really stepped up today. Damian knocked down a couple threes, finished with eight points. Um, Malik Wilson had 10 points, and, and also you mentioned the big block. And so along with the big shots and, and all the, the LJ made, Emmanuel, yeah. the big three that he made. And, I mean, it was a total team effort to cap it all off. I mean, the captain, first team All-American player of the year, Jamal Shedd, makes the, the play of the game. But total team effort. And they're just watching that game. We just look at every time so far this season, they've been able to rally around the player. Which first, it was Jamal going back home in his 
Austin area where they played at UT. Then um, Jay Warren going back to near his home in Waco. Coach Sampson going back to um, Oklahoma. LJ going back to Baylor. And all of those games on the road, Houston was able to find a way to win on the road. But this was definitely the, the most grittiest win, a culture win, toughest teams win. And they overcame all adversity, said a lot, gave valuable minutes with, over the whole down mm-hmm. the court. Jay Warren, I mean, hey, everyone contributed for this win, man. It, it, it was It was a good sight to see. Absolutely. And with this victory for the Houston Cougars, with two games left in the regular season, Houston is one win away from locking down the Big 12 regular season title in its inaugural season. Now, they won't come easy as they have to travel on the road Wednesday in Orlando to play against UCF. And then, of course, they finish the season at home in a rematch against the Kansas Jayhawks. But magic number for Houston now just one game if they win one of their final two games they are big 12 regular season champions which is just an impressive accomplishment just to go to show the testament of this program but like you said top to bottom there was so many moments lj crier who late down the stretch started hearing big shots after big shots finished with 23 points five of nine from behind the arc Jawan roberts before he got injured in the first half he was he was going to work against the Sooners. They had no answer for him. And it, it, he was doing a phenomenal job at reading the defense. And he, it really looked like nothing that Oklahoma did could throw him off rhythm. And, like, he was going at his own pace. He was reacting to the defense. And they came one way, turned around, had a hook shot. They came the other way. He would just go to his right, had a very tough finish through contact for the N1. It was the Jawan Roberts show offensively in that first half. Mm-hmm. Second half, the guards were able to pick up the slack. It was. I mean, he got him off to such a good start, and he was so dominant. And when he's executing like that in a half-court set, it makes them such a potent team because now when you throw it down on the block, the defense has to collapse, open up the floor for the shooters. And LJ did a good job of making his two-point shots, which got him in rhythm to knock down his three-point shots and really just expands his game. And that's one of the things he why he wanted to come to Houston was to be able to expand his game and be more than just a three-point shooter. And you put that on display today, and, and I think that was big playing off of Jay Wan and stepping up with Jamal not being 100%. And so it was big shots by him. But, I mean, it was a total team effort. And the depth that Houston came into this season with, I mean, they're just going down like five, starting with, with Terrence. And you mentioned JoJo, Ramona as well. And so now coming off the bench, I mean, you come down to Malik, <clears throat> excuse me, and Damian, they both contributed today. Said a lot contributed today. So it's not so much as – it. Not a lot of depth, but the, the, the players, the rotational players stepped up today. So it was a total team effort. Next man up, everyone came in, and they contributed well. And so very impressed. And LJ has had three consecutive games of 15 or more points. We need mm-hmm. him to stay. And, and, and we mentioned maybe he would catch rhythm at the right time, and it's March. And so he's playing at, at his own pace as well and being more of a, a better two-point scorer it's opened up his game and his three-point is being even more proficient because he's a lights-out shooter. Yeah, he's definitely trending upwards at the perfect time. First game of March for the Cougars this season. Now for the Houston Cougars, they're going to get much-needed rest in between now and UCF. They get Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday off before they have to take on the Knights on Wednesday. Edward Porras, exactly where I was going to go to next. But Shout-out to Damian Dunn, who... Hopefully, there's yeah. something that similar to LJ Carter, he can start getting in rhythm because he had 
some good looks. He hit a couple of big threes early on in the first half. Hopefully that's some momentum for him. I know that he also had uh, that that travel call in the second half. And, oh boy, Kelvin Sampson looked like he was about to blow a gasket or something. But he's got positive momentum, positive yeah. momentum to build on. Yeah. And hopefully he can build on it, especially now that it's next man up. Yeah, because Simpson was mad that he passed up a wide-open shot. I think that was where that frustration came in at, and which he made um, two already. Let it go. I mean, and then not only that, that, it, that starts the offense. It gives your offense a chance to get on the offensive glass, and we saw that with Jamal's last-second shot. Go in another time to get it on the glass, to get an offensive rebound, you get another chance. And I think Damon was a bright spot. I mean, he came in and played in a good rhythm, was rotating well, was got a couple of rebounds, and he knocked down his um, catch-and-shoot threes. And that's something that he can do. And I talked about that last episode in which they need his scoring, and he came through today. I think that's a bright spot. I mean, one time he got it down low in the post, didn't, didn't – um, Force it, pass it out. So he played in a really good rhythm. I think, and I think him knowing that he's going to play these consistent minutes and going to be counted on, we're going to be seeing even more of this. He'd be able to play in a more consistent rhythm and be able to find his shot, contribute on a consistent basis coming down the stretch of the season. Joe Mendez is, I'm going to pop up his YouTube comments. He said Chris Baldwin, again, of Paper City Magazine, said that Ramon Walker could potentially play if the Cougars make a deep run in the tournament. Yes, he did say that maybe that that door isn't necessarily closed. Uh, we're not entirely sure how how deep of a run Houston would, would have to make, whether it be the second week in the NCAA tournament or if it's only if they make the Final Four. I do want to bring up right now uh, from GoCougs.com, Ryan, who is in Oklahoma, he said he asked Kelvin Sampson to give a status update on JoJo Tugler, and Kelvin did not give. And he gave an answer, but he didn't go into any specifics. He said he needs to speak with John Houston. So, again, that's something to keep an eye on over the course of the next few days. Dayon, to your point about the anger from Kelvin Sampson um, in Damian Dunn's his travel, Hey, you're absolutely right in in that game in particular where Houston needed, I think in this game, especially in that second half, when you think of LJ Carr, you think of Emmanuel Sharp, you think of Jamal Shedd, those three players are at a point where they're just, they're playing free. They're loose. They don't really, they're not thinking about like how we mentioned in our previous episode where I think Damian Dunn is still not there. And I think you could kind of see it after the turnover, the camera kind of panned in. To Damian Dunn's face, and you can kind of see his reaction. He's kind of like, man, I, I should have just let the shot go. So hopefully that's something that can get ironed out over the course of the next two games. But I, I definitely agree. It seems like it's something where, again, going back to what we said in previous shows, come at the end of the day, it comes down to confidence. I think the confidence is there. I think it was, in that moment, just looking to do a little too much. I mean, just look at how he started the game and the rhythm he was. He caught it and he shot it. In that moment, I think it's just overthinking a little bit, trying to do a little bit too much. He's just playing in the rhythm of the game, catching and shooting and letting it go like he done previous in the game. And so I think he settled in well, like you mentioned. I think that's a bright spot to build on from this game. You look at all the positive from the offense, from the defense, from the rotational things that he was able to do today, again, a couple of deflections and strips, and you build on that and let them know we're going to be counting on you more. And I think he's ready to step up to the plate. I think the confidence there on the road in the game where JoJo is out, you're going to play with more minutes. And so he stepped up big time, and I think this is something that uh, Houston can build on. 
We'll put a pin in it real quick. We're going to take a quick ad break. On the other side, we'll talk more about Jamal Shedd and his performance. Of course, we have to get into a little bit more of Malik Wilson's performance. But first and foremost, we'd like to welcome each and every single one of you guys that is taking the time out of your Saturday night to join us for today's episode of Let's Rage Coots presented by the Saxinian family. A big thank you to Steve Saxinian for being a primary sponsor, not only of today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs, but each and every single episode for the remainder of the men's basketball regular season. And we also like to say thank you to Star Pizza, who is a secondary sponsor on today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs. Let's hear a message from Star Pizza. I have favorite places to eat, but only one place can be the official spot of the Ryan Elvin fan club, Houston's own Star Pizza. Whether we're grabbing a New York slice or a Chicago-style pizza, a salad with homemade dressing, or feasting on the Tuesday lunch buffet, my friends at Star Pizza always make me feel right at home. Three locations in the Houston area, plenty of room in the dining rooms or the private room for your group. Plus, it's super easy to order online at starpizza.net. Don't forget to get a Cougar Red Red Velvet Cupcake when you place your order. Tell them Ryan Elvin sent you. Big shout out to Ryan Elvin and the Pittmans with Star Pizza for shooting another commercial sponsoring Star Pizza. We can't say thank you enough to the Pittmans for being a sponsor on today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs and quite frankly a sponsor all season long with three locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game. Let's get into Jamal Shedd's performance. Obviously, we we have the big shots that he hit. But that's, I thinking back to this game, there's just so many big moments, even going back mm-hmm. to the first half. But mm-hmm. Jamal Shedd, another shot added to the resume. He came this close a week ago in Baylor to hit the game-winning shot in regulation with just a millisecond too late. He did it again in this contest, no doubt about it here. And that just adds to his impressive resume, obviously. The big shot that comes to mind going back to last season, the one he had over Memphis. I mean, Jamal Shedd, cold-blooded. It's not up for debate, especially with, with how Kansas has been trending. Jamal Shedd is the Big 12 player of the year. Big 12 player of the year. I think he's also a lot to be All-American this year as well. Oh, absolutely. Now, now it's just to think about wrapping up the pace of making a push for player of the year. But, I mean, his game, he finished with 14 points. But you just look, the way that he dominated the game is in controlling the pace and making smart decision after decision. You look at most of LJ's points um, when he's hot, some of those are coming off of Jamal's assist. So his ability to feed the hot man, to control the game, control the pace, and get the ball in the hot player's hands at good moments, and then be able to step up when Houston needs the most in crush time situations to, to be the closer for Houston. I mean, he's coming up time after time and again. And so what the Houston had was it like 11 some seconds to go, knew the ball would be in his hands. No prayer. I mean, I, did, I felt comfortable. I mean, as a fan oh, watching the game. And so it, it was good to see him finish. But hopefully, I mean, he's okay. I mean, we saw he was lipping mightily. And yeah. so um, Malik stepped up playing on ball about this game. LJ did. And so hopefully he's okay. But you could tell he fought through it. It's not going to keep him from coming out of this game. And so tough. Leader, man. I mean, I love everything about Jamal, and I think he's continuing to make a push um, for this tournament. And you, you see, he could beat you in a plethora of ways. Finished with 14, but I don't want to say it was a smooth 14. wasn't forced at all. Mm-hmm. I think the testament, to, the testament to the – 
the entire way, he knew the ball was going to Jamal Shedd's hands. Even the way that the final play out of the timeout was drawn up, Jamal Shedd was inbounding. They ran a lot of misdirection, and the ball got back into Jamal Shedd's hands. And they basically ran a 1-4 flat for him. They let him go to work. And like you said, Dayon, when he let it go the first time, I mean, I, I would say he was more surprised that he missed that first shot than, than the second shot that he made off the rebound. Again, that's just come to show the confidence and not just the coaching staff, but I think us as fans. So he's kind of spoiled us a little bit where we, we're starting to expect him to hit those big-time shots every time Houston finds themselves in that situation. But absolutely, his resume continues to, to build what he's done uh, over the course of his entire collegiate career. And, man, I know that we're going winding down toward the end of the regular season. And, you know, obviously, the Big 12 tournament, the NCAA tournament is still in store for this team. But it's it's these, it's got to cherish these moments because pretty soon, Jamal is going to be doing that for an NBA team somewhere. And that's it's exciting to, to see the development, the growth that he's come a long way during his time at Houston. Yeah, it definitely is. And he's got a better year by year and added more to his game and become even a more consistent scorer, which that's what's taking his game to the next level because he's always been a high-level playmaker and he's still in the running for defensive player of the year. And so, I mean, he's a great leader to have. And him and J1 are the two pillars of this team, and they both stepped up big. J1 got a start. And, I mean, we can't really under, undermine how great he's been playing and how much of an asset he is on the offensive end to be able to have a low post scorer who would now could, 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 that can demand a double team. And now he can finish with both hands, although in the second half he was playing with one hand to his credit and was still able to put up four points in that second half, got one offensive rebound, which led to Jamal's go-ahead um, game-winning basket. So, I mean, those mm -hmm. tough players, and then LJ coming in, stepping up big, even when you could tell when Jamal was going down, he stepped up and played big, handling the ball. And so, I mean, just total team effort. I mean, everyone's stepping up for one another. And if those key moments, um, Damian, but then about Emmanuel. I mean, we can't talk enough about Emmanuel. I mean, the big shots that he made in those big situations, in the mm -hmm. clock, deep three. I mean, and he had a, a smooth 11. Was there anything for us? The other players had it going, but he stayed ready. And in the moment, he delivered when Houston needed the most. And so, man, I, I love this team. I, I love the, the the different ways that Houston could beat you. And offensively, they had to bring it tonight because the first half, Oklahoma shot the ball lights out, and they still yeah. at the half by three. And so I, I felt very confident in the way Houston players were stepping up. I knew the, the starters and the, the core of the team could bring it home, especially when LJ had it going. Definitely, you bring up a great point, Dayon. In that first half, Oklahoma, they couldn't miss from behind the three-point line. It seemed like every three-pointer that they put up on, on the bottom of the net, and it was a unusually high-scoring game when it comes to Houston standards. Oklahoma, at, in, at the end of the first half at halftime, where it's only down three, it was 48 to 45, and then in the second half, even Oklahoma put up 40 points as well. So a little bit of unusual. I don't think it's surprising when you when we look at how shorthanded, not even shorthanded, but how different players have to play different roles. And then Javier, you add on top of that that Javier Francis missed most of the game with foul trouble. I think that's a big factor into why it was such a high-scoring game. But also give credit to Oklahoma for hitting the shots, but give credit to Houston and a year where sometimes offensively has been kind of a, 
struggle at times. It wasn't a struggle tonight, and they were able to match pace, and they they made enough plays to come out on top. They even went on that run. They were able to build that double digit lead that kind of gave them the cushion to be able to to get through to the, come away with the win. Yeah, because that was some of the questions that people say. There's no doubt that Houston the best defensive team, but some people have concerns. And even I've spoke about one thing, and I always watch is their offense. Can they generate enough offense to win games when teams are making shots? And they did that on the road today in a hostile environment. So that's something to build on. You know, the defense is going to be. And honestly, um, in that second half when OU was going on their run, Houston switched to a two-three zone, was able to get a few stops in a row, and still the defense was honestly able to propel them as well because they were able to put together a few stops even when they weren't making shots. But offensively today, I mean, we, we you got it going like that, and you, you, J1 gets it going from the inside, opening up the floor for the guards, and then your guards coming off the um, – Emmanuel's making shots early, and Damian's coming in making shots, Malik using his strength to isolate against a smaller guard, using his explosiveness. And so they really – offensively, everyone kind of – Played really well. Jamal wasn't that sufficient, but he still had it going offensively with his ability to create, get inside, create for others, make plays for himself as well. And so offensively, I think this is another thing that Houston could build on with the ball movement and the sets and, and playing for one another. I think everyone played within the rhythm. It really was no four shots. Some of those last second shots had to be shot, and Emmanuel knocked down one of those big ones. On the topic of the defense, any concerns going forward potentially about Houston's defense, or do you think it's much more of a one-off thing just in terms of how this game played out? And add on top of the fact the uh, the thought trouble Javier Francis found himself in. I'm not concerned with the defense. I think without Javier on the floor, the the defense isn't as good. I think he should also be in the room for defensive player of the year because in the little minutes he played, you see the impact that he had defensively. But um, I think with him on the floor, his ability to recover and affect uh, shots and block shots, now it, it hurts with JoJo not being in rotation because he's able to su sustain that same high level of rim protection when JVR goes to the bench. And so I, I think it, in certain ways it, it may be affected, but when you come in with smaller players, they can able to rotate more and me maybe be better and other efficient in other ways. And so overall, I'm not really concerned with the defense. I think as um, long as they can block out and control the boards and not give up second chance opportunities because they aren't the tallest team. And credit to say a lot. He came in and played some good minutes, got a couple of rebounds, got a big block. And so I think um, overall, they'll be good defensively. Yeah, big time. He had 10 crucial minutes. I'm looking at the minutes top to bottom, and I didn't even notice this during the course of the game, but LJ Cryer played all 40 minutes in this game against the Sooners. That's honestly adds to the incredible feat and makes the second half performance that much more impressive because he wasn't he wasn't a, a victim of fatigue. He seemed like he got better as the game gone on, and he wow. played in the game. I didn't notice that either. That's a great point to bring up and he he definitely he looked in shape never looked tired and once he got it going he didn't just settle for a three he started to hunt in shots like he did in kansas and and that's the aggressive lj that i like to see because he's getting off the bounce and and, and attacking the basket and looking to score and, and when he does that he's hard to guard because he's such a prolific three-point shooter defenders have to run and 
hard to close out to try to run him off the three-point line. And so he stepped up big today. And defensively, they were kind of going after him, but it was time after time he held his own. And so for him to play the whole 40 minutes, that's big. That's big from a senior, someone has the experience that he has. That's another um, player who's a pr- pretty sure a leader in certain ways on this team, stepping up when the team needed him the most because that depth is challenged, like we're missing with the injuries uh, that Houston has sustained. Bring up the comment by Crispy. He says he's half joking, but if Houston wins the conference against UCF, do they forfeit the Kansas game to get more rest? No chance. No. Yeah. <laughs> no chance. No chance. Competitive. How competitive Calvin Sampson's top to bottom in Houston. Yeah. Especially what happened at Island Fieldhouse. I don't care if they have five active players. Those five active players are going to want to mm-hmm. play the game. I don't see it, Crispy. Yeah, I don't see it at all either. Not not a chance. John uh, Rigieri's comment on YouTube. He asked, "Did if we know how Roberts cut his hand? I I don't think they I mentioned it on the broadcast. Yeah, they didn't mention. They didn't. So they didn't mention. That's. I'm sure that's going to be something that comes up over the course of the next few days, if not post game today. But it required seven stitches, so it must have been something pretty bad. Uh, the only thing I see from from his actual injury, again, from GoCooks.com, Jawan Roberts said that he was cut between his index finger and his thumb. And again, it required seven stitches, according to the Houston Chronicle. So must have been pretty bad in the, in the course of the game um, for that to happen. I wonder if it was it happened in the middle of the game or maybe he got injured prior and it just reopened. But to have seven stitches at halftime, it's crazy. <laughs> and to come back through it and play through a, a good majority of the second half is Again, just a testament of how mentally tough, how physically tough these these players are for Houston. And their will to win. I mean, you could tell. Yeah. Uh, he was going through some things. Jamal's going through some things. Uh, other players' injuries, so other players having to step up. The will to win. And we're doing it all for Coach. And not only Coach Sampson, Coach Kelly, Coach um, Hollis Price and, and Coach White wanted to to win the game for them. I think that motivation factor really pushed Houston because they've been their backs against the wall with um, kind of like a, a, a an agenda. I, I want to say going into a game to win it for one of their own, and this time it was kind of for a few of their own. And so for them to be able to do that, it was good to see. Yeah, Crabtree, as we're gonna. We're going to Chris in a second. E.I. Crabtree 77 is also from Goku's.com quoting uh, Kelvin Sampson. But Kelvin said, we couldn't guard them, but they couldn't guard us either. Kind of goes to the points that uh, we did earlier. I mean, give give kudos to, to both mm-hmm. teams, but give kudos to Houston for being able to keep up with the Sooners in this crazy game. It was a bit of an odd game. Um, real quick, let's take another eye break on the other side. Chris Garner will be. Joining us once again, the final score from Oklahoma, the number one ranked Houston Cougars come out victorious 87 to 85 in a thriller from Norman, Oklahoma. We, of course, like to thank each and every single one of you guys for taking the time out of your Saturday night to join us for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxonian family. Can't say thank you enough to Steve Saxonian for being a primary sponsor of not only this episode, but for each and every single post game show this regular season let's reach kooks the original 
and only post-game show to ever be retweeted by head coach Kelvin Sampson. That still stands. Let's rage cruise. Of course, we also like to say thank you to Star Pizza for being a sponsor on today's episode. Let's hear once again from Ryan Elwin and a message from Star Pizza. I have favorite places to eat, but only one place can be the official spot of the Ryan Elvin fan club. Houston's own Star Pizza. Whether we're grabbing a New York slice or a Chicago-style pizza, a salad with homemade dressing, or feasting on the Tuesday lunch buffet, my friends at Star Pizza always make me feel right at home. Three locations in the Houston area, plenty of room in the dining rooms or the private room for your group. Plus, it's super easy to order online at starpizza.net. Don't forget to get a Cougar Red Red Velvet Cupcake when you place your order. Tell them Ryan Elvin sent you. So welcome in Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review. Chris, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, fellas. How are y'all doing? I, I came back to the house because uh women's team did some celebrating on senior night and it was too loud and family and stuff was hanging around. So I just made the dash over here. And it was enjoyable because after I spoke with Coach Huey, after the women came from behind after being up 21 and losing, being down by five, but still one by one. When Coach Huey was done talking, you hear screaming in the hallway, everybody goes to their phone or their laptop, and then I hear, Jamal won it. Jamal won it. So I go to my phone, look at the replay, and see Jamal with the, with the put-back shot, and then the rest, checking the monitor, see how much time to put back on the clock. Coach Samson was like, yeah, Jamal won. Everybody's happy. It's all it's a Cougar family, man. You can tell. Pretty awesome moment right there. Um, how was senior night, by the way? The ceremonies, celebrations. It, it was it was nice. It's eight seniors on the team. And uh, so each young lady received flowers and their family, friends were there. And honestly, that was pretty much it in attendance was friends and family for the players. Because I don't know why they scheduled this game the same time as the UH men Oklahoma game. But that that took a hit on the crowd. But they were loud and vocal. But fellas, my goodness, they were 56-35 with like three minutes left in the third quarter, something like that. And then they trail 67 to 62 with two minutes left in the fourth quarter. But they scored the last six points to win the ball game. They found a way to win. They found a way. Maybe it's a sign of, of what's to come because the men are going to be playing UCF on Wednesday for Chris. If they win, clinching an outright title with in their first year. No, the no, no, no. Well, not the outright, but clinching ah, a share at least. A share of, yeah. Of the Big 12 title because yeah. depending on what Iowa State does in its final two games, obviously they could finish with the same record. But still, they could have a Big 12 title with just one win in the final two games remaining. Obviously, you saw how the ending went. How much of the game were you actually able to watch, Chris? A, a good bit. When the uh, women's game ended, I uh, the last I saw, the fellas were up by double digits. And then before the coaches spoke to me, it was 82-76 Houston with like three minutes and 30 seconds to go. And then everybody turned off their devices. So I didn't know what happened until Coach Hugh was done talking to me and heard Jamal won, won the game. 
And any takeaways from the resilience of Houston? I mean, uh, Dan and I, before you hopped on, really touched on how this is just a, a signature culture win for Houston because of all the different obstacles, all the different things that seem to be popping up over the course of the game. I mean, starting before the game actually started uh, with the news about JoJo Tugler potentially. And we mentioned if you're just joining us on the show, the, Kelvin Sampson was asked about it after the game. He didn't deny or confirm it, said he has to talk to John Houston about it. But obviously the report from Paper City Magazine that JoJo Tugler add to the list of Terrence Arsenal and Ramon Walker potentially out for the the season. Although there's some hope that maybe Ramon Walker comes back. Oh, there's a couple of things I want to say. First, I want to see, see this post distant from uh, Houston Cougars, Germany. Plan to fly to Houston for the Kansas game, but my appendix mm. burst. Mm. Man. Okay, so watching the show on the game from the hospital bed. Salute to your toughness. So thank you very much and get well soon. Uh, Germany has that blue collar mentality. Man. Yeah, just it's all a part of the cougar toughness. One <laughs> thing I wonder who told Chris Baldwin that information. We saw Jojo in a boot. So that we know he's in a boot, obviously. But for Coach Sampson, apparently to say post game, provide no, no further details. You know, last week he, he told us about Ramon and the knee and the meniscus, whatever. That like it was he he told us. He didn't say anything post game about JoJo's injury. So we'll we'll see what happens. You know, he put it out there and I retweeted it because if he's wrong, I, I wanted to put it out there. He put it out there. You know, you don't get confirmation from the team first. Sometimes it's you know it's not always best to be first. Best be right. But uh, hey, we'll see. JoJo's out for the season. Got to go with the guy. Said did all right. Said a lot. Let me, I glance at it because I want to touch on some of the things and mistakes because I think Justin pointed out some of the fouls and stuff. But said a lot. 10 minutes, zero fouls. Shocking to me. But that's good. Especially Javier, in this game <laughs> where they were calling a lot of fouls. Fouls out. <laughs> When I last I saw Jay was going to the bench with his fourth fourth foul, I didn't agree with the call, but still, you got to know better, especially early in the second half. You just got to be smarter than that. We've only got three fouls, and you know your teammates are shorthanded. But said not getting in foul trouble, that's a positive. Let's see if he can carry that forward when he gets, you know, eight, nine, ten minutes in these next few games. But Javier cannot get in foul trouble. He, he can't. I'm, I, hey, I was surprised Coach Francis, Coach, excuse me, Coach Sampson put him back in the game in the first half when he had two fouls. And then he got his third. I was just gone with Sid in those what, four minutes left in the first half. And Jamal tonight, Jamal took some, some bad shots. That bad foul he had late, late in the first half. Can't do it. You just can't do things like that. He made up for it, game winner. But I mean, Coach told Jamal, Jamal, that foul, what are you doing? was unnecessary. Three, three, three seconds left in the half. Reason, the shot clock. Come on, that, that's not necessary. He's smarter than that. He's better than that. Got to get rid of that kind of stuff. Clean it up. But hey, they still found a way to get the W. Chris, I want to put this comment up to you. John Ruggieri asks, he wants to know if it's possible for Houston to activate McFarlane or Cordero Jefferson. 
Probably, but why? Why why play them three games and lose their red their red shirt when they've already have haven't played thirty? Injuries happen. It's bad luck. What do you want to call it? Why wasted their entire season to play three, four, five, six games? Is it different or I I might be mixing my sports? Um it's not like football where you yeah, can play. Is this a football? Yeah, this is okay. football. Yeah. So yeah, football, football is where they have like three four games. games. Three or three or okay. four. Yeah, okay, it should I'll, be like I'll, that I'll, though. That's probably something they should change, looking to go to change going into next season. Yeah. Football made a few changes now that um they have communication in their helmets now, which is a good thing. But no, that's football. I remember yeah, Kevin Sensen bringing it up once, and he he wants that rule change too. But I was I couldn't remember which which sport it was. But yeah, it's football. Football's the one that lets you play up to four. But you know, it's the medical. It, sorry, it's the yeah, medical redshirt that. It's a medical what is redshirt and and How issues much is like this. You know, and uh, some coaches, a lot of coaches, would not want to utilize a redshirt year for a player who hasn't played all season to play two, three, four games when you know you're going to get him back next year for a whole mm-hmm. year. You know, I mean, no. I understand that, hey, you, you need the bodies or you want to try to go for it. You never know what can happen in a, a championship run. But no, no. Mm-mm. Especially at this point in the season, two regular season games left, and then it's Big 12 and then the NCAA tournament. I mean, realistically, even if they could be activated – Without penalty, how much of an impact are they going to have this late in the season? Right. You know, practicing is one thing. They got to get – by the time they get to conditioning and win, the season's over. You know, I mean, they could put them out there against Kansas and then maybe a game or two in the Big 12. They're not going to be in game shape, game condition to make an impact positively this year. And, and in that case, they might risk injury because they're not in game shape and haven't played and got the conditioning and all those things down. No, don't do that to them. Do you want to bring up Crispy's comment? <laughs> and this is something that, that uh, I definitely caught during the, the broadcast, especially at halftime. For whatever reason, they kept mispronouncing Jamal Shedd's name. They kept calling him Jamal Shedd. Really? <laughs> yes, which it, it was that TV broadcast today was a little bit interesting. Well, they, they had a said lot name wrong too. So yes, so um, it 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 kind of made me chuckle a little bit when when I read Crispy's comments. Bobby one thousand zero six that said is going to need more playing time. It is going to be tough to play Roberts and Francis as the only true big men come tournament time. I mean. Uh, that is going to be true, kind of what we just t- touched on, uh, even if Cordell and, and McFarland could come. The, I guess it's different with Sets and he had that extra year under our, of experience last year, and he was able to sit back and watch Houston during their tournament run. But, I mean, he's kind of getting thrown in the fire at this point, too. I mean, he was... He got 10 minutes tonight, to, you know, yeah. which I think is good for him. And He's an example. He's got to get his game conditioning now. because he's, he's going to get minutes now. And based on foul trouble, he might get more than 10. He's got to be ready for that. 
but he he did a solid job. He was, you know, a step late in some rotations here and there to be expected. But he did not do much to hurt the team today. And for his first game getting double digit minutes, that's a positive. And no foul yeah. for him, too. <laughs> that's another positive. So yeah. Yeah, he, he definitely um held down the fort and wrote on the defense. He was able to move his feet well. Some of the pick and roll coverages is get back and recover. So I think as he settles in, he can even have a bigger impact just on the glass. And he looked like he could protect the rim as well, had a block shot. Mm-hmm. And so it was good minutes for him. Um, he definitely will play that step up today, added to the win, impacted the game, and it's going to be counted on for sure. Now, it will be interesting to see how other teams play him because he doesn't have an offense. And so when he does set a high screen, Oklahoma, they weren't concerned if said roll to the hoop. They doubled Jamal, whoever had the ball. So that was going. that's going to be something different for the Cougs to adjust to in, in the offensive sets. But, hey, they still found a way to win. This was their first game without JoJo. They're going to learn, practice a little bit more, and tweak some things without JoJo and make adjustments. And as Coach Sampson has said in the past, recent past, no one's going to feel sorry for us. We're going to do the best we can with who we got and leave it out leave it out on the court. And that's started tonight, and they did it. And I did, I did not see JBR's fifth foul. So, oh, it was he, bad. He, yeah. he, he can't do that. He has to be smarter than that. He has to. It was a careless foul. So hopefully he gets it out of his system. This was this this was it. I want to bring up Justin Singleton's comment. He said the national guys are getting a no shed. He has consistently hit big shots and has created created momentum swings. Chris Dayan and I talked about this before you hopped on, but do you think at this point Jamal Shred's done enough to lock up big play Big Twelve Player of the Year, or what say you? He's getting more attention and pub for it. And he's winning in the last few games. He hasn't shot a high percentage, but the Cougs are still winning. Hitting game winner tonight helps. I mean, he was, what, a split second away from hitting the game winner, the game winner counting last Saturday (laughs) in Waco. So that helps. And honestly, other guys in the Big 12, really, no one's really taking it and run away with it. You know, Hunter Dickinson's put up numbers, but they've lost seven times. And sometimes media, coaches vote, best player on the best team. Right now, that's Jamal Shedd, period. As we start to wind things down here on this episode of Let's Rage Cougs, look ahead again Wednesday night when Houston travels to Orlando to take on the UCF Knights, obviously a familiar opponent. They've played already this season and obviously going back to years past in all the battles they had in the American Athletic Conference. Kind of uh, ironic or coincidence that Houston could potentially clinch at least a share of the Big 12 regular season championship if they can beat an old opponent and old American Athletic Conference rival and UCF. What do you guys see from the Knights heading into that game on Wednesday? A tough environment to play in in Orlando. 
UCF had their chances today against Iowa State. But they just they played careless and too fast down the stretch. They were in a hurry too much, rushing shots, turnovers, taking bad shots. Iowa State made key plays down the stretch to get the road win. UCF, they're going to battle Houston. They know Houston. You know, the first matchup this season, they could make a shot. And what what was the what did they find? Did they score 40 against Houston? I don't think they did. I mean, it, it was so it's, it's going to be difficult, especially with, you know, I don't know, did Ryan or Duarte tweet a post game from Coach Sampson about any update on what was bothering Jamal? Did they say anything during the game or what? Because he was limping around somewhat too. So do you have any d- details on that? Health is going to be a factor Wednesday in Orlando. How will Juwan play with the stitches in his hand? But the Cougs will battle some way, somehow. Why not? They're going to get, what would it be? Uh, Big 12 road win number six on Wednesday in Orlando. Why not? Yeah, I think the defense is going to be the differential in that game. I think Houston will be able to generate enough offense between their guards and rotational players. And and with J1 being as dominant and consistent, he's being able to stretch. I think their defense will be a differential. They'll be able to, to suffocate um, Central Florida. And in a crunch time, they'll be able to take care of the ball because Houston's one of the best teams in taking care of the ball and turning over their opponents. I think that'll be the difference in that next game. Chris, to answer your question, UCF did get to 40. They scored 42 points. And, I mean, Houston only put up 57 against UCF. So, uh, definitely could potentially be another gritty defensive battle on the road. Never easy to to come away with a win, regardless of where it is. Yeah, I don't don't see the Cougs shooting. What did they shoot? 57% today. I don't see them doing that Wednesday in Orlando. So, it would be a low-scoring game. But some way, I think the Cougs will find a way to win. UCF fans will try to, you know, cheer them on and, and provide a spark. Jamal Shedd can play. Jamal Shedd will carry the Cougs to get the victory to clinch at least a share of the Big 12 regular season title. On that note, that's pretty much going to do it for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs. Again, we'd like to thank each and every single one of you guys that took time to comment. And um, uh, put a special shout out to Houston Cougars Germany, who hopefully has a speedy recovery from his appendix bursting, which is, from what I've heard, is incredibly painful. I personally need a knock on wood, but I haven't had that experience. But I have heard that it's extremely painful, so hopefully he heals up soon. Once again, the final score from Norman, Oklahoma, the Houston Cougars come away victorious 87-85 to over the Oklahoma Sooners in what was a homecoming for Kelvin Sampson, Kellen Sampson, Hollis Price, Qantas White, Lauren Sampson, all the Sampsons, you name it, they had a uh, big memory and a return to Oklahoma. That's going to be a, a game they don't forget anytime soon. Once again, Jamal Shedd finishes with 14 points. He had the go-ahead basket with just 0.4 seconds left in the game. LJ Cryer had 23 points. Jawan Roberts had 20 points and had seven stitches to go along with those 20 points. Chris, I'm going to toss it over to you. Any final thoughts on the game and where people can find you, sir? Uh, H-Town Big Dobbs. The Coos could lose in Orlando Wednesday, you know, I believe I don't have doubts in this team at all. 
they find ways to win, but tournament time is almost here. The injuries are starting to pile up. That's my biggest concern is will they just come to a point where they don't have enough healthy bodies to win. But follow me on the platforms, Houston Round Bar View. Thank you today on Andy for to uh, once again carrying the load here today on Less Rage Cougs. Um, Houston Round Bar View on TikTok, Instagram, Spoutable, YouTube. I came in, I was at Fertitta Watson Women, get a one point win to end their season, Big 12 regular season, five and 13 to get ready for a Big 12 tournament next Thursday for them on day one. Jamal Shedd. He is he's the rock of the this men's team. Find a way to win. Join us, me, Andy, and Dayon Wednesday as we recap the Cougs game in Orlando against UCF. And hopefully we'll be talking about the Cougs clinching a share, at least a share of the Big 12 championship, regular season championship. And always the Houston Round Bar View. Oh, gotta say this, fellas, if you don't mind. I'm gonna be a, a guest on uh KHOU Sports Sunday, Sunday night. Show airs at 10:30 Central Time. I'll be with uh, Jason Bristol and the crew, and I'm assuming we're going to talk about the Cougs. So tune in for that. But as always, the Houston Round Bar View since 1994. Local name, global perspective. You can follow me all social media platforms like the shows on the screen below at Day on Dunlap. Great win by Houston, man. Total team effort, toughest team wins. Role players stepped up. Leaders stepped up from J1 to LJ to Jamal. Shout out to Damian, Malik, Emmanuel making big shots, said being ready. And the team just getting a win for Coach Sampson, um, Coach Hollis Price, Coach Connors White, um, Lauren Sampson. Toughest teams wins, man. Culture win. Hopefully they can get some rest, get ready for the next road game against Central Florida and get that win and get ready for potentially the last home game for Jamal Shedd in the Fertitta Center against Kansas. And so one game at a time, this team definitely, I think, is is made of the right stuff. One of the toughest teams, most greatest team, man. But as always, go Cougs.